If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. What's going on, travelers? Thank you for tuning into the a bonus episode of the Resonance. This is not a regular episode. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different, as like a you know a celebratory thing for Sumeru dropping version 3.0 is coming out, and also the Genshin Impact's third year anniversary, I believe it is, is yeah. right around the corner. Uh, Pharaoh is with me. How you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. How about you? Good. So we're going to be basically covering or doing a new players Genshin guide. So there's going to be a lot of new players that are joining or players that have just been coming around or getting into the game now and just starting out because of the new update, which, you know, we've mentioned on last week's episode was pretty much like the biggest update so far for Genshin, I would say. Definitely. With all that coming out, it's definitely going to bring in some newer players. And now that Genshin has been out for three years, just about probably a lot of stuff that I know I felt this way. I don't know about you, but I felt very overwhelmed coming in and I came in at like 1.2. So not even half of where we're at now. And that was already overwhelming for me. Yeah, for me, I had played at the very beginning, but then right whenever um, one of the the first big update came out... um, I had stopped playing and then I came back right before Inazuma. So, gotcha. Yep. That's kind of exactly what happened with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I remember it was just a lot. And I, it was really, it's easy for me now. It feels like second nature to me now to like be able to kind of just like hone in and just get like everything done that I need to and then just like enjoy the game after that. Mm -hmm. So, Hopefully this helps you. I think this is perfect for like an audio like format because you can probably just play and literally go through go through the game as you're listening to this, mm-hmm. and especially if you don't understand the character building aspect of Genshin, you know, where to find prima gems, how to spend your prima gems wisely, uh basically creating a routine, which is probably like one of the biggest things that I kind of struggled with. Mm-hmm. which was like resin management was like terrible, all that stuff. And just other like helpful tools and things that you shouldn't do as well as covering some helpful tips for the abyss. It's going to be a long episode. Eh, 
eh, it should be that long. I mean, I, I feel like we know what we're talking about. Famous so. last words, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have about 10 tips, let's just say, like or like 10 categories um, that we're going to stick to. And this won't be like an all-comprehensive thing, but it's going to cover things for you to at least be, I would say, pretty successful in the game and make sure that like you're making all the right moves that actually matter. Yeah, I think that like the only thing that we're not going to be like deep diving, at least in this one, is going to be like team building strategy, like heavy team building strategy guides. Like that's about it. But that's also like such a small portion of this game. So Right, I would agree. It wouldn't be very viable only because there are... I don't even know how many characters there are right now. I know there's over like, I know there's over 40 something because I just know that because Hoyo Lab tells me how many characters I have and I'm missing like a good chunk. So 51 characters, I believe 51. So uh, it would be pretty much impossible to squeeze 51 characters and all of the different reactions and team comps they could be in. So that definitely cannot be done this episode, but maybe for a future one. Yeah, I think I'll mention one team comp a little bit later on that's just, like, super basic and made out of four stars, but other than that, yeah. Cool. We're going to get started. Tip number one, or category number one, I, I should have, like, figured out a really good name for these, but whatever. <laughs> um, Don't stress about the meta right away. And I feel like a, this is something that I have a problem with where I get into a game and I'm just, like, super, I just want to, like, go hardcore and be like, I want my team to be built, like, da-da-da-da-da. This probably isn't the game that you want to just kind of go in and have like such a meta mindset on it, unless you're a whale, mm-hmm. which for any new players or anyone who's really unfamiliar with gacha games, whales are basically players that have no fear of spending every penny they have to get every character and weapon or whatever the game allows you to purchase to get that all maxed out. So if you're a whale, I'm sure that doesn't really matter to you. Uh, but for like a free-to-play player or someone who's a little bit more hesitant to spend money, I feel like it's extremely important to enjoy the story and really just kind of soak in like the lore, the narrative that they that is the path of Genshin is is really good. So I would say in just take your time and enjoy what you have. You want to take it away and build off of that. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree. Like. I kind of alluded to this just a few minutes ago, but the biggest thing here is that Genshin is not a game that requires a lot of strategy at the end of the day. It looks like, I mean, there is the potential for a lot of strategy to be built between characters and synergy and different types of builds, but really like the things that require that in this game is such a fraction of the game. Like, it's just this one area that you actually need to strategize on sometimes. Not even that much on, really. Definitely, like, if if you're playing this game because, like, you're hyper-strategic and you're looking for, like, a big MMO experience, you're not going to really get that out of this. So, definitely, this is a game where you have to kind of readjust your expectations and just kind of enjoy the story because it is focused more on a single-player experience, I would say, and a good narrative. And don't worry about, just as as you said, don't worry about building out the meta or anything like that. Like, if, if you find that you really like that aspect of the game later on, that's fine. But just know that that will never be punished in this game by not um, abiding by the meta. So just, you can relax on that. It's, it's actually a pretty nice thing 
to know because you, you don't have to worry about spending your money and, or falling behind um, just to participate. So there's no gatekeeping or anything. Yeah, and uh, to kind of tie into that a little bit is that there are certain roles that characters are best at playing and that area that Pharaoh kind of mentioned was the abyss. And in the abyss, you pretty much want you know your teams and every character on your teams to kind of stick to the role that they're best at. And that's kind of where that limited strategy mm-hmm. kind of comes into play. But as you're, when you're not in the abyss, and I would say maybe like at the very earliest, floor 10 to 12 is probably where that strategy might start coming into play. Pretty yeah. much before that and everything in the overworld, you running through the story, you exploring, you can build characters the way that you want to. Mm-hmm. I would very, especially when it comes to pulling for new characters when characters come out or the, when they're announced, I remember as a new player, I would frequently find myself Googling or looking up, hey, or asking like a Twitch streamer, hey, like, is this character good? People in chat or like basically anywhere that I looked, like especially Reddit would be like, this character sucks. Don't use this character. They mm-hmm. take a lot of that. Don't take all of that like I mean, you can, it's like food for thought, really. When they say that they're not really that great, it, uh, I guess what I'm really trying to say is you can you can literally make characters the the way that you want as long as you build them correctly. I've seen people take Barbara, who is really just like a dedicated healer, and mm-hmm. build her Go DPS, yeah build man. her into a DPS character, <laughs> and they're like one shotting overworld bosses, which is like really funny to yeah. see. So take that into consideration where, you know, don't just pull characters that are good. If, I mean, you want to obviously pull characters that are good, but if you like a character, feel free to build them up and any way you want and put them on your team because you can always kind of just like work around it without it actually detrimenting your like performance in the game. Yeah, I would say overall, I guess there's just two things that I want to add on. It's just like, especially because this will help you out not only in the game, but also for the rest of of this um podcast but like you kind of need to decide which of the two camps you fall in on do you want to optimize every character and build out for strategy which is fine because that's kind of how i play or do you want to go the more lackadaisical collector route where you're getting a whole bunch of different characters and you're not really optimizing them you're just in it for the fun and you know that's a perfectly good route as well in fact that's the cheaper route so i would i would say go that route but um Either way, like you kind of like that kind of dictates a lot of what you do in this game. And then the other thing is, this is a pitfall for for people, I feel like, but like one of the the end games, quote unquote, in this is farming for um relics. I'm sorry, art not relics, different game. Artifacts. <laughs> artifacts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so artifact farming like trying to get like you know super high stats or perfect stats of certain things because there's so many different variations that you're looking for um don't fall into that trap where you're wasting all of your resin and all of your time just trying to farm for that unless you're really 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 trying to just you know nail it with one or two characters to beat everything in the game including all of the you know the spiral abyss area and everything like that know that you're you can be okay more than okay with even decent even bad, bad to decent artifacts, I would say, in this game. Just really the most important thing with artifacts is just try to make sure that you get the sets right, which is very, very easy to do. So Yeah, I can, uh, I can attest to this because I'm the one with the bad artifacts and I've made it. So 
Uh, I can definitely second there that go. right there. <laughs> and I've farmed out. Uh, I think I've spent the most was I spent three months one time farming for or not one time, but uh, farming Edo's sets. I wanted to get like a perfect of Edo sets. I still don't have a perfect Edo set, but it's really darn close. Right. But yeah, like don't be like me. Be more like him. <laughs> <laughs> which kind of segues right into our second uh, category, which is creating a routine and there's multiple aspects to this because there are things that are i i guess you could say time gated in in a way Mm -hmm. but uh there are different resources that require time and activities that also require time so number one i think this is the it it may be one of the biggest ones is resin management Mm -hmm. and because resin is limited in the game towards the end when you start to get to a higher adventure rank, which is basically like your level or like your account level, I should say Mm -hmm. the, the resin kind of starts to diminish and you get less and less as time goes on and as you spend it. So resin is basically a resource that you consume to take part in activities in the game. That's, you know, artifact farming, which are basically five pieces that create a set that give your character different buffs and effects there are also ley lines, which ley lines consume resin when you when you complete the uh, activity that give you mora, which is the currency and adventure experience mate- materials, which is basically just a material that you use to actually level up each character. Each character has skills, also called talents, and those need leveling. And to get the material to level those up, you also use resin. So I could probably go on for a whole lot. Uh, you also use resin for like the weekly bosses, which you can get rewards from uh, mm-hmm. three times a week. Ascension materials as well. And yeah, ascension everything. materials to actually ascend your characters so they can go up like another 10 levels or so. So resin is a, is a very finite resource. In the early game, you will probably come across a lot of condensed resin that is given to you through like the Adventurer's Handbook. You'll also get condensed resin from leveling up your adventure rank that I would say you may want to hold on to and not spend right away because it does not. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not it's not uh, condensed. It's fragile resin. I'm sorry. Yeah. So fragile resin. Yeah, not condensed. Fragile resin is basically resin that the game gives you and usually uh, the battle pass gives you uh, that does not expire as no time limit you can hold on to that i would recommend saving that for you know maybe a character that you absolutely like fell in love with and you really want to build them up and you can use that resin to therefore get them up as fast as you can then there's there's condensed resin which is made with the uh whatever you call it dude um yeah so original resin is the is the resin that you get every day right and i think i don't remember what the rate is i think it's one original resin for every eight minutes I believe so. And you get in so in a 24-hour period you get 160 resin. You don't want that to cap out because if it caps out at 160, you you stop gaining it every 8 minutes. So what you can do is you can go to a alchemy station which I'll just name the first one since that's probably the one that everybody's going to have unlocked right at the start. Uh mm-hmm. Timaeus and Mondstadt is standing right next to it where you can go up to a crafting bench, which is the alchemy station, basically. And you can turn 40 original resin into one condensed. 
And what that condensed does basically is it takes that 40 resin and you can use the condensed and, and when you use that one condensed resin, it'll act as double the rewards. So you're not mm -hmm. losing resin, but it's condensing it into another currency to therefore help you empty out your original resin, basically like your original resin bucket or reservoir, you can continue to accumulate resin. I hope, jeez, oh, I'm so sorry, new players. <laughs> I, I have just confused you more than I did. You're probably <laughs> shutting this podcast off. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, it's actually like, I mean, this is important because these are how you manage the most valuable resource in this game, so... Yeah, you know it, it is fair. You've already went through two of them, right? And then the last one is the one from the teapot. Yep. As a newer player, you probably won't have the teapot until a little bit later through the story when you unlock the quest to actually use the teapot. Basically, the the Serena teapot is just Genshin's housing system, and you earn a different currency called Realm currency inside the teapot over time. And there, every week, it does refresh where it's a, oh geez. Is that frag is that a fragile resin? I think it's like I, I want to say it's like crystalline resin or something because it I think it has a different name because it expires, you know. Basically, you can use that realm currency to then therefore get um, a piece of resin that actually will replenish 60 original resin. Generally, you want to like either use the original the 160 resin that you have before it caps out at 160, you want to use some of it or use all of it. Or if you don't have time, just log in real quick. Let's say like you're like, oh, I'm, I'm too busy. I can't play today. I don't want to waste my original resin. You can turn that original resin into condensed and then like deplete it basically all the way to zero. And then for a whole 24 hours, you don't have to worry about your resin capping out. Mm -hmm. But generally you want to do that. And then when your resin's at zero, then you can go to the teapot, go to the NPC there to spend the realm currency in the teapot to get it's a transient resin. Transient resin. Yeah, I just yeah. looked it up on Google to make sure. Um, and that transient resin, resin will give you 60 original resin. So basically don't let your original resin ca uh, cap out because, like I said, it's very limited. You get some fr fragile resin from like the battle pass and stuff like that to kind of replenish it throughout the week. You also have that. I would say that... You don't want to use Prima Gems to replenish your resin. Mm -hmm. That is an option. It's very, not a very good idea. You want to save your Prima Gems because I would say right next to resin, Prima Gems are like right there for like finite resource. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to spend Prima Gems, whatever you do, do not spend Prima Gems on resin unless you're a whale and you don't care. Yeah. It's just at the end of the day, it's not worth it. And trust me, you will always eventually get to a point where you have just an ample amount of resin. So, mm -hmm. you know, it might delay you a day or a few days even, but trust me, it's it's not worth it because Primo Gems are so much harder to come by. So, uh, so after resin, uh, another thing to kind of work into your routine is dailies and weeklies. So obviously dailies will reset every day and you have about four dailies. Um, for daily commissions, which are basically just like really short quests, these will give 10 Prima Gems each. And then when you're done doing all four, you will go hand that in at the Adventurers Guild. And then the Adventurers Guild will basically give you uh, 20 more Prima Gems. So every day from just dailies, you can get 60 gems. And then you'll also get some other rewards on top of that. And I'm pretty sure it's like um, Experience Materials, Mora, which is the money, and some other things so those you definitely want to you know watch out for as far as dailies go 
you will want to make sure that you prioritize uh, dailies that unlock world quests, which world quests are basically just like side quests, if you want to call them that. Those world quests will give you also give you Prima Gems. They will also give you Reputation, which is something in each area that you get that also further gives you rewards and recipes and usually a wind glider at the end that is uh, based on the area that you're gaining reputation in. So I actually totally forgot about reputation. I haven't farmed it in so long. <laughs> it, it, it's always in the back of my mind because I know that some of the, the bounties and the requests, which are mm-hmm. part of the weeklies, uh, weekly missions for the battle pass they are they actually give you a lot of rep so yeah you want to basically prioritize the dailies that do unlock those world quests because the rate for those to come up is extremely low i know a lot of longtime genshin players can basically can basically stay true to this as well where they have not gotten specific achievements or have not gotten specific world quests completed because They've been playing for a year and they still have not gotten those quests done. Mm -hmm. So it's a good idea to just make sure you know which ones those are and you can look them up. Eventually, over time, you will figure out which ones that keep popping up, like Increasing Danger and Pudgy Pyrotechnicians. Like those daily commissions you're going to know are like, okay, those are just like the -the run-of-the-mill daily commission. I I can complete it, but um, it's not going to really give me anything extra like unlocking world quests. I know like off the top of my head, Whispers in the Wind and Reliable Helper are like two of them that either give you an achievement uh, if you do them correctly, either multiple times in a row or um, if you do them and then it'll unlock a world quest. So it, it I, I can't name them all because there are a bunch, but I would say that you should probably just like Google it if you see a daily commission come up that you don't know. Look it up and see if it kind of ties into either a world quest or ties into an achievement because it could be a while until you get that. And the achievements also give you Prima Gems. And then the weeklies, which, again, just reset every seven days. If you do buy the battle pass, which we'll go into, the weeklies, well, and there's also a free battle pass. So you don't need to spend money, but you get way better rewards for spending money on the battle pass. But you can still do the weeklies to gain... Uh, battle pass experience towards the free battle pass but the weeklies are really easy you can do the weeklies at like any level i know sometimes i know when i first started i thought oh i have to do the weekly and i'm gonna do it at the highest difficulty and it was just a pain every time and then i learned no i can just go in and do this this uh boss three times in a row at the lowest difficulty one shot it basically to get the weekly done and then go back and don't claim the reward when you do it at the easiest difficulty and then come back later and get the reward at the highest difficulty so that you can get the the better tier rewards. Does that make sense? Yeah. So actually you you ended up hijacking what I was going to say, but that's what oh, I was going to talk sorry. about. Was the, the, <laughs> the battle pass management. Basically just keeping track of the things that give you like battle pass experience because those are going to be part of your routine especially your weeklies because that unlocks you know the most for you actually i don't even think that you need to as long as you do the events and the weeklies i don't even think it really matters about the dailies in regards to the battle pass experience i should say um sorry no no no, i'll get but uh yeah you should definitely do that and just as as you said just want to emphasize this because a lot of people do miss this this like you don't have to claim rewards for a lot of these things like you literally can just go in there 
and just do it and not claim the reward just so you can get more of those ticks down for the total amount needed for the uh, weekly achievements. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just pay attention to, to all that stuff. And to build onto that point um, even further, I guess I think the biggest example of that would be the ley lines, which are really easy overworld activities that you can do to get the the money currency and the character experience materials. There is a weekly to do 20 of them. You, mm-hmm. I believe you just need to complete them. You don't need to claim the rewards for it. Correct. I would highly advise that you do do that uh, because the resources that respawn inside the world, once you collect them, it does take like a day or two for those resources to replenish in the world. So, for example, if you have a character that uses the material that's dropped by the slimes, you can farm slimes out of your world, but then you may be waiting a few days and then you would have to either find somebody to go to their world and farm their slimes. And this is especially true if you have, let's say, two characters or even more that actually use the same material. So you could be running out of enemies in your world to fight because it takes a couple days for them to replenish. You can go to those ley lines, especially um, the ones in Mondstadt, for example, and this changes per enemy. But those activities, they actually spawn enemies in the world for the activity and they do drop materials. So I know I've used the ley lines as material farming because those enemies will drop those and I don't have to go out and find, okay, where's the closest slime at? I just go to that spawn or start the activity, do it, get the materials. And then I don't claim the actual rewards for the activity. Yes. If you are going to do that though, just be aware. Cause I've done this before. Um, because I don't want to spend the prima or I'm sorry, the uh, resin on ley lines, but basically it won't start the next ley line. Like you won't get a new position until you take the um, rewards until you pay the, the resin. So you do, if you want to, but that will reset 24 hours from then regardless. So especially whenever you have, you know, all the big areas unlocked, like you have, um, you have three different areas then at that point, soon to be four, where you can farm ley lines and just do basically the two that are there in each area um, every day. And then you will very quickly be able to to do it before mm-hmm. the point. end of the week for sure. So, All right. So category number three is Prima Gem strategies. So we kind of already uh, alluded to this a little bit. Prima Gems are the currency that you use to pull for characters in the game or pull for weapons. You, this is a very finite resource, probably more stressful than I would say resin. It's Definitely. very important that you strategize how you use your Prima Gems. And I feel like I'm going to say one thing and then I want you to kind of just take it away because I feel like you are like way more in sync with this than I am. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm going to say is there are multiple banners and there's really three. There's a standard banner, which does not change. The characters inside that banner do not change, and they, well, the the four stars, do they go in there? The four stars go where? In the standard banner? Yeah. Yeah, the four stars are in there. So the four stars go in there, but the five star characters, which are the characters that you really do want to pull for. Oh, you're talking, no, no, new four star characters. I don't think that they go in there. Okay. I, you, we may want to Google that. (laughs) Hold on a second. I'll check. (laughs) It can be a little bit confusing because the standard banner is going to be called Wanderlust Invocation. 
And this one is going to show like a, um, a little girl with like a little tag on her head. She has purple hair. Her name is Chi Chi. You will get to know her very well. <laughs> And um, <laughs> you will scream whenever you pull her. Um, basically, this banner does not change. And this is just a standard banner. You will either use Prima Gems, which I highly advise you don't do. Or you will use Acquaint Fates, which are these like blue star looking things. And, and those Acquaint Fates are worth one pull. And so when you get 1,600 Prima Gems, you can pull on a banner. And that's a 10 pull. Because each pull is 160 gems or one fate. So the blue fates, the acquaint fates, are strictly for the standard banner. You only really want to use the acquaint fates on this banner and do not spend prima gems on it. You will get acquaint fates through advancing your adventure rank for doing things in the adventure's handbook. Um, you'll also get some from the battle pass for free. So I, I just really, and you'll also get some from leveling up characters as well. You kind of want to stick to pulling on this banner only with the fates that you are given because it's not mm -hmm. worth it. The rates are extremely low. And if you're trying to pull for characters on this banner, it kind of goes against your favor because weapons are also mixed in. So it is possible that you won't get the character that you are looking for and you could just get a weapon instead. So I will say that the other thing I'm going to say, it's very deceiving but it shows basically three characters on the front. You have Chi-Chi, Mona, and, Ki and Kuching. You do not mm -hmm. want to pull on these banners because you want those characters because they are not, they don't have a rate up, meaning they do not have a boosted rate of dropping for you in a pull. It's very deceiving because they are featured on it like they would be. I know I yeah. fell into this where I really wanted Mona and I pulled on this banner plenty of times until I realized what was happening. You don't want to pull on this banner because you want those characters. Believe me, you will get plenty of them in, yes. by pulling on other <laughs> banners. So um, you want to talk about the limited and the weapon banner? Yeah, so I, I just want to also say the four stars do go into that um, general okay. banner, uh, the standard banner after one patch of being released on the limited. Gotcha. So, yeah, just to clarify for everyone. Now, in regards to pulling on the limited banners, there's some things that you want to keep in mind, and once again, this plays into the whole, you have to decide which camp you're in. Are you in the, I want to make sure, I don't really care about collecting all the characters, I'm not going to Pokemon it, I just want a few specific characters that I like, that are meta, that can crush content, including the Spiral Abyss, which is the hardest content in the game. So once you figure that out, then you can proceed with the limited banner. Now, limited banners with five-star characters, most of the time, five-star characters at C0, that's Constellation Zero, are very good. Better, on average, than maxed out four-stars, I would say. Now, keep in mind, it's a sliding scale because there's lots of different five-star characters. But that's generally the rule. But if you really want to crush content quickly, then you probably want to go something more around the, the route of not pulling on all of these different five-star characters that come out because they're cool. You might want to pick one character that you have found out has been particularly meta, and then you want to pull on a couple of constellations for him. Usually constellation two, on average, is a really big bonus for that character. So like a very common strategy to get a character up to the point where he can destroy everything is to get him to C2 and pull a, on a weapon for him, on his exclusive weapon. 
In order to do that, that takes a lot of Primo Gems. So obviously you're going to be sacrificing a lot of pulls from a lot of other limited banners. So you kind of, you know, have to decide what you want. Once you do, always, you know, keep up to date. If you're going the strategy route, keep up to date with Reddit. See what's coming out. Don't pull immediately when a limited banner comes. Make sure that, you know, you watch some YouTube videos and everything like that to make sure that you aren't baited and switched into a five star that isn't that great. You want to find one that's particularly meta and then you want to pull like crazy on it and get your C2 or whatever like that um, if you want to go the strategy route. If not, and the much more chill route. and This is uh, my route. route. This is my route for sure. Yes, this is your route. <laughs> um, that route is to just pull on the ones that you like and or pull on all of them if you can manage um, to kind of save up your primos enough to do so. But yeah, that's a perfectly good route. And like I said, you're going to still be able this as long as if you take this route, you can still certainly beat the end game content in the game. It just won't quite be as easy. But and it takes a lot more paying attention to particular team combinations and uh, maximizing your artifacts yeah. and things like you, that. You basically won't be able to brute force your way through the con- content. Yeah, exactly. So there's, you know, it's a trade off. Um, and then also in regards to the weapon banners, never pull on the weapon banners unless you are going that route. Like, I, I really mean this because weapon banners they're they're not great like first of all the weapons in few cases does it give that much better of a bonus than some other four star weapon that's there that is also very good for them um in some cases yes it does give quite a bit more but still it's not worth the amount of primo gems that it takes to get there because unlike the limited banners for characters you have to there's more chances to fail basically you're not guaranteed on every other like you are with the limited characters you have you basically have a 50 50 twice and then you're guaranteed so it's it's the worst basically so only go that route if you are really focusing on i want this character to be the best so just as he said you can brute force your way into anything so yeah that pretty much takes care of that whole scenario so when you are pulling for characters, obviously there is a chance that you will not get the character that you want. And this is a very important piece of spending Prima Gems on a banner. So as an example, uh, let's say you will use Tanari or Zhongli because they're coming out in the, in the new update in mm-hmm. literally like seven days. Yeah, seven yeah. days. <laughs> let's say you have enough Prima Gems and you want to you really like Tanari and you want to pull on Tanari. Well, you could potentially get Tanari in your first 10 pull, which would be insane. Uh very good luck to get him that early, and that would mean that within your first 10 pull at zero pity, you got Tanari. Now there is a chance that you could go all the way to 90 pulls, which is the max before you even see a single 5 star. That does not mean that that 5 star will be Tanari. Mm-hmm. It could possibly be uh one of Five other five stars, which are basically known as the standard five star characters that were released when the game first came out, and they would be Chi Chi, Kuching, Mona, Diluc, and Jean. And each of them basically have their own element. Um, and now Tanari is kind of the um, the outlier in this scenario because Tanari is of a brand new uh, element that we have not seen yet, which is Dendro, and he will be added to that 
kind of pool of five-star characters that you could get instead of the limited character that you want after this coming update. It is possible that you could get a five-star character that you do not want or that is not on the limited banner as a rate-up character, and that would then require you, if you did get, let's say, you got Mona, which, let's be honest, why would you be mad about that? But if you got Mona, you would just, you would have to continue to pull and your pity would reset, but then that next character on the limited banner is guaranteed to be the character that you're actually pulling for. Let's say you went all the way to 90 uh, 90 pity, you did not get Tanari, your next five-star character would be Tanari, guaranteed. It's just still not guaranteed to get it within until you get to 90. Chances are the average really is like between 60 and 70 pulls that you're getting a five-star. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the rate is as far as an increase for every time you do a 10 pull, but basically the every time you do a I don't know if it's per pull or pull 10 or per it's 10 pull per per pull. Per pull. Okay, so every pull basically that you do is an increased chance of you actually getting the five star. So that's kind of where why there is actually like a pretty solid average of pulls before someone gets a five star. Generally, it's around 60 to 70 pulls. Yeah. Keep in mind that once you do get a five star, that resets your pity though. Like it doesn't matter if you got it, you know, 30 in, right? Your pity is now reset to zero. And then, at, and if let's say you did, like I mentioned before, if, if you did do what Pharaoh said, you got a five star at 30 pulls and it was Gene or DeLuke and you wanted Tanari. Your pity would go then to zero, but your next five star is guaranteed to be the one that you mm-hmm. want. Yeah, make sure you manipulate that system basically. Like if mm-hmm. if you have you know a big character coming up, like you know you have Zhong Zhongli coming in, uh, you know on the next banner, and you really want him, and you failed with this character that you're currently pulling on, well, you might want to save that pity that is locked and loaded, ready for that guaranteed banner. You want to save that for for Zhongli maybe. So. Just yep. utilize that for sure. You're rubbing salt on my wound right now. I know. <laughs> Why do you think I use that example? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I recently, Yoimiya is the current banner. I was at very high pity, about 70 pity. I made the mistake of challenging myself to do five pulls. And I actually, you know, looking back now, I would have much rather saved that guaranteed pull to be Zhongli on the next upcoming banner because that would have helped me save a lot of money. And mm-hmm. Prima Gems, and now I'm kind of kicking myself in the butt because I decided to be an idiot and pull for Yoimiya, even though I probably could have lived without her, yep. and now I'm <laughs> suffering, so don't be me. You are going to get Prima Gems from the Battle Pass. You're going to get Prima Gems from uh, ascending your adventure rank, which is basically your account level. You're going to get Prima Gems from every, almost every single activity that you can do in the game that does not include resin. So that's mm-hmm. weekly events that Hoyoverse puts out every single week, which they are very good with this. Um, like Pharaoh mentioned in a previous episode, there was one time where they didn't do this because of COVID. They delayed an update, but they even gave like rewards for the delay. So yeah. they're very good with this. But you will get Prima Gems for like every chest that you find. Completing every quest you are going to get Prima Gems for. There are countless ways to get Prima Gems for it, but as long as you're playing the game, you are earning Prima Gems. That being said, there are some areas of the game where it's a little bit more hidden or areas where you wouldn't think that you would get Prima Gems. And I think um, number one is just achievements. I'll only give Mm -hmm. you one example right now, but there is an achievement for killing uh, an eagle. 
and eagles mm-hmm. are like basically just you know what eagles are, but they are literally only flying around and they fly around in a large circle and they're up in the air. So it's very hard to kill them with anything but a bow. But if you can manage to hit one and, and take one out and it and you don't have to do any damage because it, it, as long as you hit it with an arrow, it's going down. Um, you get an achievement for that. So there are plenty of hidden achievements like that. Also the teapot. So if you, the teapot, like I mentioned before, it's just the housing system. You can create different sets of furnishings that are like basically like preset furnishing sets. And if you invite a character that you have uh, to your teapot and you have that set made, they will give you some additional dialogue and stuff that they normally wouldn't say. But they also give you, I think it's 20 Prima Gems. Each character has multiple different sets, indoor and outdoor sets that give you Prima Gems. So it's a good idea that, you know, when you're in your teapot, you're constantly creating furnishings and making those sets for the characters that you have just because you it's they're just like super easy prima gems creating the furniture also counts towards like a weekly activity for the battle pass so that's you know you're you're gaining more rewards than just one at a time and also each set goes with multiple different characters it's not one set per character so you can make one set and then invite like three characters who like that set and then that's instantly 60 gems right there another notable one is story quests and hangouts so Five-star characters, especially newer ones, get a story quest that comes out usually with every single update, and those will give you a little bit of a backstory into the character and will also give you Prima Gems as well as Hangouts. The Hangouts can be a little bit of a slog to go through, if I'm being honest, (laughs) because it's kind of like a generated pathway that you go through with the character, and then you kind of have to go back and redo it a different way. You get a different ending, but you get Prima Gems. It's about, I want to say, 80 to 110 or 120 gems because you have multiple different paths for the hangout. Three branches of the hangout, of that one hangout, will give you 20 Prima gems each. So that's 60. Then there's generally one achievement that's tied to it. And then another achievement that's tied to completing all of the branches, which usually, actually, I'm going to take that back. I'm pretty sure it goes to like 80 or 85 for Mm -hmm. each hangout. There's, I want to say, maybe like 10. So you're looking at like a pretty good chunk, almost a whole 10 pull on just Hangouts. Yeah. Every month, Hoyoverse does a live stream or a special program where they cover stuff that's coming up in the next update. They almost religiously, I should say, not usually. Yeah. Uh, they give 300 Prima Gems worth of codes out that you can redeem on the account website for Hoyoverse. So I definitely recommend either joining a Discord or something uh, shameless plug discord.me forward slash the resonance. We usually post our, the live stream codes, even if you can't catch it. Um, I definitely recommend like going into an unofficial Genshin discord or just even Googling what the codes are so that you can redeem them. Even if you couldn't catch the, uh, live stream program. Um, and then there's also events, obviously just like in the game that they host, um, every week. And then there's also web events, which add like a pretty decent chunk. I know this week's gives you about a hundred and what I say, 130 or something like that. Um, So 130 gems right there. And also we will cover this probably in like a later portion of the episode. Hoyo Lab is Hoyo versus um, all inclusive app that they use to cover and add tools in for their games. Not even just Genshin Impact. They have uh, tools and uh, resources for pretty much every game that they have on that app 
Hoyo Lab also hosts events uh, that reward Prima Gems, even if you just comment on a post or like three different posts. And then you get like, as long as it's like a viable comment, you can get like 20 or 40 gems. So, which I always tell people, or at least recommend to do, because Hoyo Lab is a great resource because it has an interactive map, which we'll get into a little bit later. Sometimes those events are so easy, they take less than five minutes to complete. You probably spend more time completing your four daily commissions every day to get 60 Prima Gems than to just do this event to get the same <laughs> amount of Prima Gems. So um, so that's what I'll say. That You have anything to add to any of that stuff? No, that was all good. Cool. Number five, just a quick overview of character building. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned you know countless team comps that you could do, but right. let's start with, instead of just going into a specific character, let's talk about the different aspects of character building. So mm-hmm. the talent priority, the artifacts, you want to start with talent priority? Yeah, sure. So with talent priority, basically every character has uh, so many talents, as you'll see whenever you go to the talent screen. Three of them are basically the ones that you can level up. You have your uh, auto attack, right? Your your basic attack. You have your skill, and then you have your burst. Depending on the character, all three of these, or only you know one or two of them, may matter. It very much depends on whatever the character is, um, how good that ability is, and then three, what you're using that character for. So it, all of those things matter. So you really need to pay attention to what you're doing. Um, look up some resources if you want online to help you out with that, just because that's going to dictate how you're going to build um, that character. And there's a lot of resources that go into that, including one resource to max out a certain talent that um, comes around very rarely. So um, you have to be very careful with what you do with those. Um, so for talent priority, yeah, you just want to make sure that you that you pay attention to those things so you know what the character um, is doing basically because if you have a support character for instance and they're only for their talent or their skill you certainly don't need their auto attack because they're only going to be on field for a second and that would be a lot of wasted primos um, i'm sorry uh ascension material for it yeah okay do you want to go into understanding er crit ratio and all that or there are a bunch of different attributes that kind of tie into how a character is built and every character is different so for example there is a there may be a character that needs a lot of what we call ER, which is energy recharge. And that basically governs um, how quickly that character's burst will be ready when it's off of cooldown. And so some characters have a burst that costs a lot of, of energy. So you need a boosted amount of ER to make sure that that is readily available on cooldown. And so basically you can get that stat through a bunch of different things. Sometimes leveling gives you that stat. Um, not every single time because like I said, every character is different, but just leveling the character will sometimes boost that stat. Um, I think elemental mastery and like defense percentage and stuff like that also ties into that. You also have crit and you want to keep a healthy crit ratio, obviously, and, and this might be getting a little bit too meta, but generally it's a two to one. So for every one crit rate, you want two crit damage. So mm-hmm. I know right now, like a, a really, I feel like the one that I see very frequently is 140% crit damage and then 70 mm-hmm. to 75% crit rate. Yep. And That's basically right. three fourths of the time you will hit a crit and you have, it, it, it's just a ratio to make the crits worth it because if your crit is a hundred percent, but your crit rate is zero, well, guess what? You're not hitting that crit. So that hundred percent crit does not matter. Exactly. 
I feel like the the most perfect ratio that you could probably have is 200% crit damage and 100% crit rate. Probably yes. your the best the best one that you could possibly get. Good luck. I will <laughs> I will I will and say, you know, congratulations. I will clap. I will I will be so happy for you if you can get that. I'd be very impressed. I have one character that has a decent crit damage to crit uh, rate ratio. So, um, but that's just something to keep in mind. All of these attributes can be getting can be received from, like I said, character leveling, um, weapons that you actually give to your character. Those weapons will add to those stats as well. Each weapon has a main stat and it has a substat. So some mm-hmm. weapons give crit rate, crit damage, uh, and then you also have artifacts. And artifacts, like we mentioned before, you can use resin to basically obtain artifacts through a domain, which is kind of like a dungeon, if you want to call it that. Um, It's basically just an activity to gain artifacts. Artifacts have a main stat, and there's five different ones. There's a little bit of RNG for three out of the five for them to... Okay. There, (laughs) There is a lot of RNG for three out of the five and no RNG for the other two for the main stat. And then the substats are all RNG and they can level, they will, the substats will randomly level up every four levels of that artifact. I will just speak about the five star artifacts. The five star artifacts, the five star artifacts will go up to level 20 and every four levels, the main stat will level up and one of the substats will also level up. And like I said, it's a lot of RNG, so it, there is a chance that it will roll a stat increase into a stat that you do not want and therefore kind of make that artifact not worthwhile keeping. Keep that in mind. Like we said before at the very start of this, that is, again, very... I just want to mention also, I wasn't sure if you were going to move into the next one or not, but I just want to mention, don't level up your artifacts really um, heavily until you have your five-star artifacts. Mm-hmm. Just want to slip that in real quick. You can yep. continue now. Yeah, absolutely. You'll want to make sure that at the start, like we said before, you won't really have to worry about this all too much. Um, this is really something that you're going to really want to f- focus on in the later portion of the game when you are clearing content that allows drops for the five-star artifacts. Because when you're first starting you're going to be dropping the blue three-star artifacts or the purple four-star artifacts. So just keep that in mind. But those artifacts are probably your main source of increasing a stat for a character in Genshin. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's also constellations, which Pharaoh kind of talked about before when it comes to pulling a character. When you pull a character a second time, you will get a item that will basically add to their constellation. So it is giving a buff or really anything. It's... It could increase the max level of their skill or their burst. Um, Every character is different, and some constellations for characters are more worthwhile than others. Generally, though, it's going to make that character better. I'm pretty sure you mentioned this already, but it's not a one-for-one. I know a lot of people say that a C6, which is the max constellation Mm -hmm. for a character, a C6 four-star character is roughly just as good as a C0 five-star character that is in the same role as the two. Like, they need to do basically, like, the same role. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I know one of them right now is, like, uh, Sing Cho and uh, Yalan. Yalan is a five-star yeah. hydro bow user. Sing Cho is a four-star sword user. 
uh, both hydro, they basically both do the same exact, not the same exact thing, but their roles are very similar. It's very comparable that if you have a C6 Sing Cho, it's very comparable to a C0 where you only pull one, you land. So that's just something to keep in mind. But again, constellations do come into play. If you are trying to clear content as fast as possible, you can utilize that to your advantage by putting uh, characters that work well together, but also have higher constellations. So you have, you're doing more damage or you're, you're, they're doing more healing depending on the role. It's just going to improve the character's performance a whole lot. I think that pretty much really covers the overview of character building. We do have what we call free to play characters, which are characters that you're going to get throughout the story that you're going to get a lot of constellations for because they are four stars and they're going to um, be readily available as you wish. And you're going to get a lot of them. So, and they are viable. So what are some free to play characters, Pharaoh, that people should watch out for that are really good at the start? So, I mean, definitely there's, there's one team that is called the national team. That's really the only team I'll, I'll really go into hardcore, but um, this team is basically used to clear content on all levels and it's made up of all free to play characters. Um, so they're all four star characters. They've all had various times of being given away for free even throughout the game. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, uh, forgive me for the names for anyone that doesn't know I'm terrible with names. <laughs> so <laughs> just prepare yourselves. Um, but number one is going to be Bennett. This is, uh, I've spoken about him many a times. He is, um, without a doubt, the best character in this game. Uh, he's a heal support. Um, and he boosts your damage like crazy. Just one important thing to note about him is that with his constellation, he is unique in the fact that you do not want to C6 him. So if you get the C6 constellation, do not put it into him because it will basically change whenever you use his ultimate. It will now turn all damage into pyro damage and that for a lot of things. I would say most things is not something that you want because you want to be creating reactions with fire most of the time. So just keep that in mind. Um, anyways, to complete the national team, you also have Chung Yun, who's a cryo character. Um, he is very, very good as well. He's also going to be one of your big supports. And then you're going to have a sub DPS, which is Zing Q. And she's one of the best characters. In, I would say she's probably he, top five characters. Huh? Sing Cho. The Zing, hydro user? Zing, oh, I call her Zing Q, I guess. Is that wrong? <laughs> this is proof. No, I mean, I, no, the, na the name's fine, but but here's... here's the a, hydro sword character. Yeah. yeah, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, you just just get used to Pharaoh calling Sing Cho a girl. And, oh, yes. And it's fine. I mislabel everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get their names right, and I can't get their genders right. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, he is one of the best characters in the game as well. Top five, I would probably say. Incredibly good for making reactions happen, um, and uh, is also a decent healer as well. So she, she gives you a lot of stuff to go off of, but she's probably the best reaction creator in the game especially for vape, vape comps or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have uh, Zeng Lang. Um, hopefully I said her name right. Now, That's she fine. is a girl. I know that for a fact. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> she is also one of the best pyro characters in the game as far as creating reactions. Um, she can slip into not just this national team, but 
really all of these characters. I think the only one that kind of is a little more niche niche is Chong Yoon. Um, but the rest of them, uh, they're all incredibly good with just sliding into almost any team comp to fill a, that particular role and make incredibly good reactions because Zengling is another character with her ultimate with the fire wheel. Um, it creates reactions quite a bit. It does really good damage. And um, yeah, she's a, a constant pyro applicator. So very good stuff there. As long as you have that team um, as like your base, you can really just feel free to know that you can complete any content that you need to, um, like the more difficult content even. And um, it, it makes it a lot nicer to just kind of get those um, five-star characters as, as you see fit. And you can literally just slide them into this national team comp um, further, uh, I guess, relative character, just like that person in, in the team comp with that same role, swip them, swatch them, swip them and swatch them, <laughs> <laughs> swap them out. And then you're going to be totally fine. And it's a lot of fun and it makes all of your characters really useful. And, um, yeah, it's just a really good comp. So definitely do that. Yep. And then let's just name a few characters that are on limited banners that are worth pulling for. Um, I don't want to go too deep into like what they do and how mm -hmm. really well they are, but I know there are some and I'll start. Number one would be Ito. You're like Ito is a <laughs> really good main deep, like main DPS for a team. Uh, especially if you plan on having like a ton of other geo characters on the team. Uh, I'll name one more. Um, mm -hmm. Who else is really good? I'll say Chow, who's also a main DPS. Uh, he's mm -hmm. an Animo user, and he uses a polearm. Uh, his rotation is extremely easy to learn because it's mostly jumping um, and then using plunging attacks during his burst. But again, a really great character to use uh, if you're looking for like a high damage dealer. Um, for me, just name a few. First of all, obviously, Aloy is going to be number... <laughs> Oh, God. No. Do not listen to him. <laughs> All right. All right. For, for real, though. Uh, um, I'm just going to reemphasize Bennett. Bennett, Bennett, Bennett. But the other one is going to be Kazuha. Um, he is the best animo character in the game. Um, you definitely want to use him. You put VV on him and is incredibly good. He would, for sure, I would probably say two or three, like like second or third place best character in the game, I'd probably say. For those of you wondering, VV is an artifact set that goes really well with Kazuha. It's, the long name is Viridescent Veneer, but everybody mm -hmm. just calls it VV. Yeah, sorry, I actually should have specified that. No uh, worries. But anyways, uh, Huteo... I, I, hope I said the name right. Hu Tao. Hu Tao. <laughs> it's so funny because I have these characters. Her, I literally have at C3, and like I can't even say her name right. <laughs> um, but, anyways, uh, she's another one. This character is extremely good, but she does take quite a bit of micromanaging and skill to play, I would say. Um, but she absolutely crushes if you have the team comp built around her to allow her to do so. Um, I would actually probably say she's the highest damage, consistent highest damage character I can think of. But the next one that I'm going to say is 
uh, Zhongli or Zhongli, wh- wh- whichever one the the Z or the J sound, whichever one you go with. It's a it's a it's a it's a. I think it is a Zhongli. Is how yeah. It so it's a name. Z, but it's a you say it like a ch. Yeah, Zhongli. Zhongli. Yeah, but he is definitely top five as well. Um, his shield is the strongest shield in the game, hands down. Shield is so useful in this game. First of all, it allows you to bypass needing a healer. Um, second of all, it allows you not to be staggered or displaced or anything like that, which is super useful. I can't tell you how often that's going to come in handy in endgame Spiral Abyss content for sure. Definitely, definitely him. Do you want me to pass it back to you or do you want me to keep going or what? Yeah, let's move on. Because okay. I feel like All we right. could go down a huge rabbit last, hole. Of... Just one, one last one. One last one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shogun, uh, Raiden Shogun. This, this is pretty good probably one. the biggest bursty character in the game. If you see her come around, definitely pick her up. People do sometimes hate on her, but I don't care what anyone says. She nukes like no one else. So definitely very good character and very good at C zero. So you really don't need to have any other constellations. Yes, don't be an idiot like me and bring her up to C two. Oh, okay. <laughs> keep going <laughs> you're good <laughs> all right so we're on to uh number seven which is spending your money and now for whales or people who have no regard for their wallet um this this may not pertain to you but if you are like me and you're very picky choosy about what you're what you're spending your money on i i feel like i have mastered how to spend my money in this game very wisely as a prelude to this i last night was literally counting how many prima gems i would have by not this weekend but next weekend for the stream pool in our Mm -hmm. discord channel so there's that i was like okay what do i have for my dailies what do i have from the battle pass what do i have from this what i have from that so what you want to spend your money on uh, I would say number one, the, the the best one probably would be the battle pass. Yes, now the, I would agree the, with that. The battle pass has two two different ways that you can do this. I believe it's called Sornjern's Pass or something like that. It's the basic battle pass that you buy. It's nine ninety nine. Uh, there are fifty levels, which you will get through doing dailies, doing weeklies, and then there is an event tab where during the event, usually if you do the last portion of the event or do something with the event that is going on that week, it's going to give you a bunch of battle pass points towards your battle pass level. It is very easy to max out your battle pass. You get a ton of rewards. You get Mora. You get the Fragile Resin. Uh, you get Fates. I believe it's every 10 levels you get one Acquaint and then one Intertwined Fate, which the Intertwined Fates, we didn't mention this before, are for the Limited Banners. And then at the end, you get like a pretty decent chunk of Prima Gems. On top of being able to choose talent, level up materials, and uh, some adventure experience and more, if I didn't mention that already. So you're getting a ton of rewards for the Battle Pass. It's definitely worth it. Now, there is a, I think it's called Gnosis Hymn or something like that for the Battle Pass that is a $20 purchase, I believe, total. With that purchase, you get instantly 10 levels of the battle pass. Not worth mm-hmm. the money. No, not at all. You get a name card for your profile in-game. Definitely not worth the money. And then I think, like, the honestly, the biggest selling point of this is probably, like, a weekly battle pass or a, a battle pass furnishing. 
definitely not worth the money. If I were you, save your money, unless you're a huge collector of things and you, you just want everything that you can possibly collect and you're willing to spend the money to do so, then I guess go for the Gnosticim. But you don't need that, and it's. I would definitely say it's not worth the money. Yeah, the only time whenever I... Keep in mind, like, you can buy either of these after the fact. I mean, like, uh, not, like, whenever it's... Uh, the battle pass time is completed but i mean like you can start the battle pass and then depending on where you are at the end of it you can then decide to get the banner and it'll still unlock everything that you already did Mm -hmm. um so a lot of times what i'll do is depending on how much i end up playing i'll always unlock the base battle pass for ten dollars but it's really not worth it the only benefit that i see out of the ten dollar one is just to complete the rest of the battle pass for the ten levels there has been times whenever I've been light on playing for a certain month and I'm like 10 levels behind or so. And then I'll be like, all right, well, now I'll buy the advanced battle pass because it, it discounts the price to make it still that you only paid the, the $20. Right. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's a good route to do it. The other thing that I'm going to say is the Welkin Moon, which is it's called Blessing of the Welkin Moon. You can find this in the shop. Basically, what this does is over a 30-day period, it will give you 90 Prima Gems each day. So what that basically guarantees you is if you do your dailies and you maybe like open up a chest or do basically any other activity or like challenge in the overworld that gives you Prima Gems, you pretty much are guaranteed like a, a pull each day. Yeah. Um, so the, the Welkin Moon is $4.99. It's definitely worth the money. So you're getting... From that alone, you're getting 2,700 Prima Gems. On top of that, when you do purchase the Welkin Moon, you're getting 300 Genesis Crystals. The Genesis Crystals can be converted uh, right into Prima Gems if you would like, or you can use Genesis Crystals for the shop. I do Mm. not recommend uh, using Genesis Crystals for any of the Adventures bundles that are in the game. It's just not worth it. You're going... You can earn most of that stuff in-game. You can earn most of that stuff through the Battle Pass. You want to save those Genesis Crystals for specifically Prima Gems. I know I instantly convert my 300 Genesis Crystals from the Welkin Moon right into Prima Gems. If you really enjoy the skin, the skins that they have for the characters, you can use them. Now, you'll have to spend some money for more Genesis Crystals because the 300 just will flat out not be enough for uh, an outfit for a character. But I don't recommend that you do that unless you plan on using that character and have that... Well, you have that character and plan on using the character because unless you love to collect things, which I've been tempted by this plenty of times, the skins do look really nice. Uh, Generally, they will give you a free four-star skin when they release like another one on top of it. But... You don't want to spend money on a skin that you aren't going to see because you don't have that character or a character that you don't like their play style or you don't use them in your team because you're never going to see the skin. Unless you put that character in the teapot because they will have that outfit on in your teapot. So there is like the only exception for that. Now, I do recommend that you... And now correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost positive this is right because I I ran into this problem. You can purchase multiple Welkin Moons at the same time. So you can purchase like two or three um, as long as your Welkin Moon doesn't surpass 180 days worth of 90 Prima Gems. You can buy as many Welkin Moons as you want. So that's 
Correct. What is that? It's like almost what seven or yeah eight or something like that. It's important to know that obviously it won't stack on top of each other, right? It's it goes. You're basically pre-buying for the next month after Correct. this one completes. Yeah, I unfortunately bought three at the beginning, thinking they would stack, and I was wrong. Gotcha. So, <laughs> th- yeah, that is a good point. Um, I will also say that, and this is the kind of the thing that I wanted to talk about was I'm almost positive that you do not get the Genesis crystals again if you buy the pass again, right? No. You, oh, 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 like in succession? Well, no, you do. I think. So do you yeah. you get it when the next so if you buy two Welkin moons you get the three hundred right away but then you don't get the other three hundred until that that next battle pass would start correct I believe that's how it works but that is a good question because now that I'm thinking about it I don't I haven't bought you know a double in so long so I don't remember right so I um, so while I don't have the exact answer for you for that one um, I would say just be careful when it comes to that I tend to just buy it. On the day that it expires, it'll tell you Same. how many days you have remaining. So usually when it says you have one day remaining, I will wait until, let's say, it says that today, which actually it does, uh, funnily enough. But hmm. tomorrow I will get my last set of 90 gems, and then I will rebuy the pass and get another 300 Genesis crystals that I can then convert into Prima gems. And then I'll have it for another 30 days. So that's just kind of the the way you want to go about it. Obviously you want to play it safe because you are spending your money. Other than that, there are crystal top ups. Wait, I do want to mention one thing real quick. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah go on ahead. On the Welkin. Um, also just remember that you do have to log in to claim them. It will not stack and wait for you to come back. And then you get them all in a bunch. You have to log in every single day to claim them. If you miss a day, you will not get that. That's definitely a huge point. Other than that, you can spend money on Genesis crystal top ups. Top-ups have different tiers, basically. The more money you spend, the more crystals you get. The initial top-up that you get, so if it's your first time buying a top-up, you will get a bonus of exactly double the amount of gems. So as an example, because I do plan on spending some money for crystal top-up, the $50 top-up bonus gives you, let's see, 3,280 crystals. But since it's the first time that I'm buying it, it's going to give me a bonus 3,280. Mm-hmm. Now, when I if I want to buy that again, I will get the original 3,280, but I won't get that bonus again. It'll still give you a little bit extra, not as much as 3,280. So while I believe that it's worth it if you really want a character and you want constellations for a character, I think it is worth to spend some money, but you should not feel obligated to spend money on Genesis Crystals or take your parents' credit card and spend the money on Genesis Crystals. <laughs> Please don't do that. You can get through the game just fine without spending a single dime. Yeah. So it's just something to watch out for that when you do buy the Crystal Top Up, it's if you do plan on spending the money, because Genshin is a free-to-play game, the way that I look at it is I would normally spend a $60 game on Steam and probably play it for three hours, and then I wouldn't be able to return it, and then that would have been $60 down the drain. I'd rather spend the $60 in Genshin to potentially get a character and still feel like it was money still worth spending. The only thing I will say, though, is they've done this, I think, twice now, where they refreshed the shop 
where you got the initial top-up bonus back. This is something that they may do for like the anniversary event or they may do for version 3.0, but they didn't mention it uh, as of yet. We're kind of expecting that it's going to happen eventually. When they do that, if you do plan on spending money, you might as well spend the money before they refresh the shop just in case you decide to spend more money later down the line because at least you're getting the biggest bonus that you're going to. Now, they have a bunch of different... Um, values for genesis crystals they have like a five dollar one a fifteen dollar one a thirty dollar one all the way up to a hundred so just be careful with what you want to spend your money uh spend your money on especially for characters that you don't know how they play um if you just really like the way a character looks or like pharaoh said you want to get your character to c2 obviously go for it and spend the money until you have enough prima gems but don't feel obligated to spend money you definitely do not need to yeah yeah i would definitely agree the character outfits, you can spend money on them if you like them, but I kind of already talked about that. The gift shop is where you can find the Blessing of the Welkin Moon and the Adventure, Adventure Bundles, or the bundles, basically. Don't spend your money on them. It's not worth it. Number eight, helpful tools. Uh, do you want me to talk about this? Yeah, you use it more than me, so yeah. yeah. So there are a lot of helpful tools, and one of them that's not on our list is Hoyo Lab. I definitely think that you should download Hoyo Lab on your phone. Or go make an account on Hoyo Lab, the website. They have an interactive map. And on the interactive map, they have pins that you can mark off whenever you uh, collect a chest or do a challenge. Definitely mark them off because going back, especially for these items that you use to level up statues that will also give you fates and stuff like that. They're called oculuses or oculi. There are a pain to find. So I definitely recommend going into the map and taking them off when you when you collect it in the game and then going into the map and doing it. it this is like I feel like this is like one of Pharaoh's banes of ex of existences because it really should just be implemented right into the game but it's not. Yep. Clearly <laughs> clearly because they want traffic in their app and other things to be seen, but definitely think it's worth downloading that way you can track what you have especially if you plan on trying to farm as many prima gems as you can because like i said before those overworld challenges the puzzles they will give you gems so you want to make sure that you're keeping track of that so you're not missing any some other things to use speaking of the map are the in-game map pins you can use these for basically marking down where enemies are if you're low on time and you want to mark down where a chest is and you don't want to forget where it's at or where an oculi was you can even do it for fishing spots. I know I use it for fishing spots where there is fishing in the game. Another bane of existence for Pharaoh. You just like want to mark down with like a little fishing hook icon where that fishing spot is. And you can even give the map pins a name so you know exactly what was there when you made the map pin. I'll also do this for trees. So you can chop down, not chop down physically, but you can hit trees to then collect wood that you can use for your furnishings. Different trees are kind of collected in different uh, areas of the map. So I will tend to kind of like put down like a four leaf clover icon. So I know that there's a tree there and I can kind of click it and see, okay, there are pine trees here. So if I need a need to make a furnishing for the housing in Genshin, I can go over, look at my map, say, okay, there's the pine that I need, go to the closest uh, waypoint and then go over there and farm that tree. Um, mm -hmm. So the in-game map pins can be super helpful. As far as non-Hoyoverse or Genshin-related, like, officially-related uh, tools. I will say there is a website called Paimon.mo, 
and I really, uh, really, really like this website. Paimon.mo has it's has a basically like an information database. It tells you a lot of different things. It'll give you a list of characters. Uh, it will tell you the constellation for those characters. It has in uh, a built-in calculator so that you can figure out how much of every single material that you're going to need for that character to get that character to 90. You can do the same thing for the weapons as well. Uh, it, has an in -game, uh, it has a wish counter, which if you import some information from your in-game, it will tell you what your character event pity is, what your weapon event pity is, what your pity is for the standard banner. And it also tells you like your luckiest, your luckiness win with 50-50s, how much you're winning your 50-50s between the character that you're pulling for and the standard character that you're pulling or that you actually pulled. Just a bunch of different things. They also have a to-do list that you can add if there's something that you want to add to your calculator for basically anything. Other really big thing that Paimon.mo has is the timeline. And this is something something that like I, I downloaded the website as an app on my phone for is because they have a really good looking timeline to show you how much time you have left on events. Uh, this is especially helpful for like watching where the battle pass is and seeing how much time for in-game events that you have because the events are limited and making sure that you have enough time for those. So that'll have all the events that are going on in the game. It'll also tell you how long the banners are up for. So like right now, Yoimiya's banner has four days and 10 hours and that's updated regularly. So um, definitely worth checking out. The other website, which I did not put on our list, um, that I really do like is called Genshin.gg. Uh, you can go on here. It has a tier list for characters that shows you how good characters are from all the way to C to SS plus, which would be like the best top tier that you could. And then if you click on a character, so we'll click on Bennett since he's kind of been the focus of our whole episode today, it'll tell you what the suggested energy recharge is, what are your best weapons for Bennett being a five star and a four star. So different options, not just going to give you like the best in slot uh, that you would have to actually spend money on. Gives you the best artifact sets. And then there are some characters that do different roles. So there are some that are really good, like a burst support, like Mona, or you can do an off-field DPS for Mona. So it'll give you different builds, so it can kind of help you curtail your teams a little bit more. And then also gives you a couple different options for teams. So uh, right away, the number one that came up for, for Bennett was the national team that we talked about with Shangling, Sing Cho, and here they have Raiden Shogun as the main DPS for that, um, or I'm sorry, Raiden in a slot for Shang Yun, and then, yeah, I'm just not making sense right now for anybody who's new. So <laughs> anyway, you get the point. Um, you have suggested teams on there, and basically just a really good um, breakdown of the materials that you need as well as a showcase feature of a build of their build in Genshin.gg is a video by Zyox, who is a YouTuber. He has really good builds and goes really in-depth with them, So, and they're featured like right on the character page. Any other tools that you feel like are worth mentioning, or no? No, I'd say that that's good for the most part. Yeah. Okay, number nine, just general things that you shouldn't do off the top of our heads. I'll do this one. I don't know if any of the other ones resonate with you, but if not, just let me know and I'll I'll continue to ramble. Mm -hmm. So number one is just watch what weapons you use to level your other weapons. 
So you're going to be pulling a lot, and a lot of the things, a lot of the time you're going to be getting weapons, or I should say most of the time you're going to be getting weapons. And they're going to be three-star weapons that, while aren't really good late game, but as new players or returning players that haven't really gotten so far in the story, some of them are worth leveling up. One of them that speak, that jumps out to me is Th- Thrilling Tales of the Dragon Slayer. You're going to be pulling a ton of that. Yeah. And it is a good weapon for Mona. So if you just so happen to, you know, pull a Mona and you need a weapon for it, Thrilling Tales of the Dragon Slayer is really good for her. It's worth keeping a bunch of them and then just like using one of them on Mona and then R5ing or refining that weapon by consuming four other ones to basically bring it up to, or five, right, of those other weapons and bringing it up to R5. And also there are some weapons that you can find in chests throughout the world. This is mostly in the earlier areas like Mondstadt and Liyue, and those weapons can only be found in chests. They're chest exclusive. Don't do what I did and dismantle them, especially if you're a collector. You want to make sure that you're not dismantling them and you're just using the Mystic Enhancement Ore, which is the leveling material for weapon levels. Uh, You can consume the weapons themselves. Uh, You don't have to. I would just recommend that you just be careful on what you're dismantling and using as leveling fodder. Yeah, that pretty much sums that up. Yeah. All right. And... Using uh, or randomly using artifacts for leveling. This is something that I kind of did when I first started, where I would just randomly get rid of artifacts. I would say definitely watch out for this, especially early on. Maybe not as early on because, like, as the you progress in the game, the artifacts become way more important. I think there yeah. are artifacts that are good for you to use when you're first starting out. Not that I think that you should like terribly worry about artifacts when you're first starting out but i will say there are some sets especially like the exile set which is pretty much best in slot for like goro right now Mm -hmm. which is a set that you can only get purple or the four star rarity you can't get that in a five star rarity like those those are artifacts that you i would say you might want to keep and not dismantle especially if you plan on using goro on a team i'm not sure if there are any other characters that have that where they use a four-star rarity or lower artifact set? I'm not really sure. Can you think of any off the top of your head? No. So, I mean, you really don't want to just randomly use artifacts for leveling, even as, like, a late-game player, because good artifacts are very hard to find, and that's assuming that you're rolling good in them anyway. So I would just be extremely careful with artifacts. I I think, like, one of the things for sure is that keep in mind that we do have... What is it? I think it's called sanctifying essence now, yeah. like the essences that you can buy at the teapot. Make sure that you're buying those um, and that'll really help out using as fodder for, for artifacts. And as for artifacts themselves, definitely be careful of what you throw away or you consume to feed into other artifacts. And keep in mind, as we mentioned before earlier, like you do get diminishing returns on the things that you level up and then you know you consume that onto another piece of gear you get diminishing returns on those and and especially at the beginning of the game like those resources are used up so quick mm-hmm. right like the amount of money you use your artifacts which then take away from your stamina and all that kind of stuff so or not stamina um what am i thinking of why am i blinking on the name yep. resin there yeah. we go resin um, so it takes away from all of those things. So you have to be careful. And 
definitely do not farm or at least not heavily farm certainly not looking for like perfect you know stats for sets that are not end game sets so if you are not at the proper level to be farming basically for the most superior form of whatever particular set you're looking for then don't bother farming for it really because that's just wasted resin and eventually you will get over that fairly quickly honestly you can use really crappy artifacts to get through the entirety of the game yeah. basically you only need the good artifacts for the um for the abyss and like you know some of the world bosses and stuff like that i would so. almost recommend players to just constantly use their original resin for like leveling characters and leveling weapons and talents and then saving all of your fragile resin which is the resin that doesn't expire or like cap out because mm-hmm. it's just like a it's an item basically that you consume to replenish your original resin. I would just save all that fragile resin until late game when you can farm artifacts because I feel like that's way more useful than spending it in the early game. So I remember, and this is something that I actually did and I was actually really happy because when I went to go build characters artifact sets mm-hmm. and farm them, I had 42 fragile resin. Wow, that's a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing right now to and, me. And <laughs> yeah, and I didn't know what it did cuz I didn't do artifact farming really. Right. Uh cuz I was just enjoying the story and going through. I pretty much used like main character until Inazuma. Wow, okay. Yeah, so he was like on my team, but I didn't mm-hmm. frequently use him. It was mostly just to like throw his burst out and then I just like chase after it. I was a really bad early game player. <laughs> But I would say, like, you could even just hold on to all that fragile resin, which you, you'll you get a ton of. You'll get even more if you buy the battle pass. Because you get, I yeah. think you get, like, four or maybe five fragile resin. I think four. Because I think you get, like, one every ten levels. So, yeah. Anyhow, you, you'll get a ton. And if you save that for the end game, you'll, you'll, artifact farming will be such a breeze. Yeah, definitely. So... Also, I just want to mention a few things before I forget, because they're already slipping out of my mind as we speak. Another couple of things to remember to to not do is don't just level up all of your characters just to level up all of your characters willy-nilly, because that will consume so much of your resources beyond basically like level 40. That's when stuff starts actually getting expensive. Mm -hmm. And if you do that for like every character, you're going to dry yourself out so fast. Um, So don't do that. Make sure that you the people you invest in are people that you want to use. And um, especially early game uh, when all that stuff is pretty precious. And then also um, that goes the same for like talent materials, especially and stuff like that. Farming that stuff can be an absolute nightmare. It takes up tons of resin. Make sure that the you know abilities that you're looking at, I think I actually mentioned this before a little bit, but the ones that you're leveling up are the correct ones, and especially crowns. Crowns are something that's used on the final um, level up of your ability. Those are very rare to come around. I wouldn't say like super, super rare, but they come with big events. Um, yeah, they're the crowns of insight. Yeah, and whoever doesn't know what the names are, it's Crown of Insight. Right, and those so those are fairly finite, and uh, so you just have to be careful with those, and it costs a lot of resources to get them even up to that high level, anyways. So just make sure that you're you know using that resource on the on the correct thing that you want. Yeah, and it's it's really easy to use them, use the crowns willy nilly, 
because mm-hmm. in the early game, you won't have enough materials to level or even be able to ascend your characters that high of a level right away. So it'll become really easy to accumulate a lot of those crowns right away, especially if you take your time playing through the game, that when you actually get to the point where you can use them, you'll have so many and you'll probably be urged to like feel the urge to spend them and then you you don't want to get to that point. You want to like have a lot and save them for characters that you really want to build, like Pharaoh said. Definitely. And then one last thing, as far as things I'm throwing in that isn't on our list real quick. Also for leveling purposes, um, don't feel that you have to level a character, even if you're using them to 90. I personally, like 80 is fine. You can get up to 80 much easier. 80 to 90 is such a pain as far as resources are concerned, it costs so much. So don't feel that you need to, because it's honestly not that big of a stat jump. Um, You can successfully go through anything that you want at level 80 easily. So um, yeah, and even for endgame content, I still have certain characters that I use quite a bit that are um, supports at level 80 still. Really, like that part doesn't matter as much. You know, maybe your main DPS characters that you know you're going to be using long term, you can bring those up to 90. But yeah, like don't consider that a top priority. Don't think that you're failing your character and not living up to its potential if you don't level it to uh, to 90. So yeah. My OCD pushes me to level it to 90 or I cannot <laughs> sleep at night. It's too powerful. <laughs> I I agree with you to a point, though I don't feel like it's such a drag to get them from 80 to 90. I, I mean... Dude, it's so much gold and so much experience. I guess I've never gone below like 10 million gold. Oh, I have. (laughs) So I never really have that problem. But I will will say probably other than the Mora, the the biggest pain with building characters is running out of the local, the specialty material that they take. Mm -hmm. So for instance... Bennett takes the wind wheel asters, which are literally just like red flowers that look like pinwheels. Mm -hmm. And if you take all of them and you, let's say you get him up to like level 30 or 40 with the ones that you Mm -hmm. have in your world, you therefore have to either wait like two days for them to refresh or you can go into other worlds. And it kind of just feels like you're kind of being scummy because you go into someone's world and you have to be like, hey, can I have this? And then you're like, "Okay, bye. And it's kind of like we've all done it. Yeah, I've done it. (laughs) Obviously, like I've asked every single time, like, hey, can I do this? And I either get kicked out right away or when they actually do let me take it, I offer to like do like, hey, you need help with something. And usually it's just like clear, like help with a boss or something, which is fine. Yeah, I do feel like, you know, gathering the the actual materials may be a little bit of a, a little bit of a drag, especially because you have to wait if you if you take all of your own resources in your game. Yeah. Honestly, I usually do just stay in my world for the most part. The only time I went outside of my world is just for the fishing. Mm-hmm. Whenever the catch came out, <laughs> then I invaded everyone's world. <laughs> I feel like I've asked every single person in the player base. <laughs> yeah, I'm I... about to do the same thing because I r- was going through my achievements and I thought, oh, I thought mm-hmm. I had a thousand fish, but I don't have a thousand fish. And then I checked my catch and I only have an R4 catch. Oh wow! So I You're need slacker, dude. Yeah. So now I now I'm I'm really bothered because now that is not R five. That's something in the game that I haven't done yet. And so last night I was just like, I went through every single fishing spot and just fished all the fish I could. Yeah. And now mine was a forty eight hour R five catch. Whew. Worst two days. Oh of my life. man, that's terrible. 
terrible absolutely disgustingly terrible i i don't even know why (laughs) it was so dumb (laughs) all right yeah okay we have the abyss to go over Mm -hmm. all right so section number 10 is all about the abyss which is basically the quote quote for quote unquote end game content that genshin has and this is where your team building the synergies with your teams the artifacts are really going to matter and the abyss has 12 floors, and I believe it's floor 9, 10, 11, and 12 that are refreshed twice a month with different mm-hmm. effects and stuff like that that you know that can basically benefit you. Um, floors 1, to no- 1 through 8 are really just like testing the waters, and it's good for you to go through because every three chambers of the abyss you get Prima Gems, so it's a good way to get Prima Gems early game on floors 1 through 8. And it kind of gives you a little bit of a, um, like a little taste, basically, of what the abyss is like in the, at the very end on the later floors. But yeah. for for the floors nine through twelve, go ahead and dive into how the abyss kind of works. Yeah. So um, for floors nine through twelve, uh, as he said, it refreshes two times a month, and during those two times, that's going to be one of your main ways to farm uh, primo gems because. In each level, you do get, assuming you get three stars for each one, you end up with a total of 150 Primo Gems per level, or uh, I should say per floor. So, no, scratch that. For, yeah, floor, there we go. I was thinking floor or chamber, but yeah, floor. Yeah, it's, um, it's 50 Prima Gems per chamber, but you need to three-star the three chambers on that one floor. So on floor nine, if you three star two out of the three chambers you're walking away with 100 prima gems for floor nine right yep for floor right right but yeah there's a floor if oh my god how do i how am i saying this yeah if you nine if, 10 11 and 12 are all considered floors not chambers i guess that's what i was trying to specify yep, yeah you're right yeah there we go okay <laughs> anyway so um once you have that part down because it's complicated apparently um, then you can get focused on the good stuff. So basically, there's a few different things that you want to pay attention to here. First of all, you have the blessing that comes in. Um, every single refresh of the chamber, there's going to be a new blessing. And that blessing is, um, it lasts for the entirety of all the floors that you go through. So you want to pay attention to it. It varies wildly on what that buff may be, but it definitely makes you focus on usually very different types of team comps ideally now if you have enough invested in certain team comps that you have you can usually brute force your way through it even if the blessing doesn't apply at all but for the most part especially people who are not going to be able to brute force their way through it because they haven't invested you know too much in a particular comp um, you will be having to pay attention to these so definitely abide by these whenever you are uh, looking at them Try to involve them some way in your comps. And then on top of that, um, whenever you um, look at certain, uh, I want to say, floors, each specific floor might have another particular type of blessing as well. And um, you want to kind of maximize that on top of it. Now, that one will change per floor or floors might not have them at all. But that is something that you need to pay attention to. So just like that, pay attention to your buffs as like an outstanding thing. And then on top of that, each time you go to another chamber within a floor, you will be offered an option of three different buffs to pick from. One lasts through the entire lasts and stacks, I should say, 
through the entirety of the floor, meaning all of the chambers are covered. And then some only last for just that particular chamber in the floor. So you have to pay attention to which one you're picking. And pretty much you always want to pick the one that lasts for the entire floor. Because anything that will be able to carry you over, especially the first two, that will help you out in the third. Because the third, you know, the, the higher you go up in the chambers, the more difficult it is. So anything that can give you more of a boost for that last one you want. So those lasting stacking effects per floor, um, those are the ones that you want to keep. So pay attention to all those, do all of that, and you will for sure find a lot of success uh, in the abyss. And yeah, also, I think he mentioned this, but basically you do want to try to get to that area where you can farm those last four floors as fast as possible because... As I said, it is one of the best ways to farm for Primo Gems in the game. So, yeah. Yeah, even if you can't, even if you're not ready to get all the way to even floor 12, even if you complete floor 9 and you get, and you can do all of floor 9, I mean, that's an extra 150 gems that you would potentially lose halfway through the month anyway when it resets. So, you might mm -hmm. as well just try it. And if you get at least three stars, so let's say floor nine has three chambers and you you have you have different, uh, how am I trying to say this? So you're going to get 50 Prima Gems per chamber if you can three-star each one. So mm -hmm. if you can only, and that's cumulative. So if you only yeah. one star all three chambers, you still got three stars, so you're getting 50 gems. So right. you don't need to three-star you know, each chamber you can two star one and then one star another and that's still three so you might as well just try it and plus it's a really good way to kind of find a challenging flow of your team and be able to kind of like pinpoint and kind of get down your like your team swapping or your character swapping and you know your rotations like kind of down to a science yeah and um just to add even more clarity to the fact like just to make it easy to think about if you two-starred every single chamber within a floor, you would end up with six out of nine stars total, which would give you 100 Primo Gems. Yeah, which so, is kind yes. of like what I'm doing right now on floor 12, where floor mm -hmm. 12 is kind of difficult for me to three-star every chamber, so I'm still walking away right. with some sort of reward. Yeah, it's always best to try your hand at it. And also, just one last thing, um, if you are having trouble on a specific section, Tons of YouTubers always put out floor guides um, for every single uh, refresh of the Abyss. Now, keep in mind, it is super, you know, subjective because you're, it's based on whatever comps people are using. And constellations. People, right, true. Um, but people do usually at least uh, offer a run through with uh, the national team. So if you have national team, they'll pretty much always help you be able to guide you to some degree with that team. So... Just pay attention to that. Yeah, I've never actually used that, and I wonder how many floors I'd actually be able to, like, <laughs> How many nine star. Primo gems you've had now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Other than that, I don't think we're really missing anything that's, like, super important. I'm sure Sumeru drops, which is dropping in now, like, three days or two days from when this is probably going to go live. Well, actually, it'll this will probably go live, like, right after Sumeru drops, or probably midweek uh, when Sumeru drops, but some, some none of this is pretty much going to change, is basically what I'm saying, even with Dendro being added. It's 
Um, this is pretty much all inclusive. If anything else is probably just going to be like supplemental, but I feel like at least this new player's like Genshin guide pretty much steers you in the right direction and kind of prevents you from saying, oh, I wish I didn't do that because I've had plenty of those moments when starting this game. Exactly. I agree. All right. I think that's it. Those were your 10 basic, uh, basically 10 facts for you guys to take away for any new Genshin players or anybody returning who kind of needed a reminder or um, jumping in with a new update. Enjoy Sumeru. Uh, It's going to be fun. I can't wait to explore it. Yeah, good luck. Have fun going through the story. Again, don't stress about building your teams out right away. Just have fun. And yeah, that's pretty much it. You have anything else to add? No, that's it. Just have fun. All right. Enjoy the episode, and we'll see you guys on the regular show. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.